0: Welcome to another episode. My name is Jose Naharro, and today we're going to talk about 401ks. So let's get started. Um, So what now? So in the last episode, if you guys watched the last episode, we talked about ETFs and expense ratios. And I also mentioned that expense ratio is something that you see in your 401ks, and it actually... Um, helps it actually takes money away from you depending on on what kind of expense ratios you are so in this class we'll talk more about the expense ratios that are in 401ks and how i make sure to save my money by not paying the high amount of expense ratios so this is my 401k funds these are the 401ks from my company that i work at and these are the funds available in here usually if you have a 401k with the comp if your if your company has 401k um has a 401k These are the type of funds you're going to see. The first type of funds are going to be target date funds. So target date funds are funds that determine when you're going to retire. Let's say me at the age of 27, I still have about 30 years, 30, 30, 35 years to, to retire. Um, then my target, my target fund would be either 2055 or 2050, depending on when I think I'm going to retire. Um, the next are index funds. So if you guys have been watching episode one and episode two, you know that index funds are my favorite things because they have the low expense ratio and they have such great returns. Here you can see a big check right here in the S&P 500 equity index fund. So you know where my 401k funds are currently at. Then the next you're going to see is actively managed funds. So actively managed funds is when um, someone tries to beat the market so obviously if someone's trying to beat the market, they're trying they're constantly switching out of out of assets, switching out of investments to make sure that they have the best returns better than the um than the overall market. But obviously, since someone is doing that, it they cost more. So next let's take a look. I I if you're in your 401k, you can probably see a, a button that clicks fees. I hear I clicked on my fees, and it gives me the expense ratio for all of these. First, the most, the lowest expense ratio. Here would be my, the SP and p 500 at 0.01%. So let's just, um, and then we have the target rate funds, right? So the target date funds, um, let's say for my 2050 fund, it's a 0.05%. I was actually looking at my previous company, the gross expense ratios for target date funds were a lot more expensive. So I was actually pretty glad to see that these are 005 I remember at my old company the target rated the target funds were 0.5. So there was a, a, a there was no zero after the point where here there is a 0.05 and that makes a big difference. Um, and then you can see the actively managed funds are sitting much higher where the cheapest is sitting at 0.2%, but there's some at 0.3%. So let's say, right, let's make an example of 0.01%. Let's say 0.01%, let's say was hundred dollars. So the S&P 500 is charging me $100. If that was the correlation then my target fund rate would be charging me $500, right? So would you rather pay $100 or would you pay rather pay $500? The actively managed funds are actually you're actually paying $3000. So what would you rather pay? You would rather pay point uh $100, $500 or $3000. And I just want to say those are not the actual numbers, right? It's not uh it's dollar per Per how much you have is percentage per how much you have invested but that's a great easy way to see like the difference between the gaps of price um so you can see right i personally like the s p 500 because you, i i think you get the best returns from there so let's talk about the expense ratio so like i mentioned the expense ratio is the expense percentage times your total investments will give you the cost so let's say you had one thousand dollars the expense ratio of one percent is uh, is ten dollars a year for every one thousand dollar invested. So hey, for every one thousand dollars I have invested, I'm only paying ten dollars. I'm gonna be like, hey, that's actually not a bad deal. It seems like a little bit of money. But if you guys saw the last episode, you guys remember this chart. This chart is it, I got it from MindfullyInvesting.com. So if you guys wanna um, wanna learn more, they're 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 there. You can check them out but here this chart does a great way of showing expense ratio so this is an investment of ten thousand dollars so it's not like your 401k where you put on money every paycheck i'll do one after this but this is just to show expense ratio um, and how it works right expense ratio for an initial investment of ten thousand dollars with a nine percent return so it's a nine percent return a year which is the average about the stock market ten percent if you don't count um if you don't count inflation So if you have 0.04% expense ratio, you make over $145,000 in 30 years out of your only 10,000 investments. If you do a expense ratio of 1.31, look at that big gap. From 145, it drops to below $100,000. So you make so much less money um, by having just a 1% expense ratio compared to if you had almost a 0% expense ratio. So let's take a quick look at target date funds. So remember, I mentioned my, my company's target date funds were actually pretty cheap. So uh, I ended up just looking at the average at the average price for target date funds. And the average rate in, in the United States in 2016 was about 0.5%. 0.5%, like I mentioned, that's what I saw at my old job. At my old job, they was an expense ratio of 0.5%. But these fees can range from as low as 0.1%. To more than 1.5%. Um, so there's room to shop around. So some target funds are as high as 1.5% and the average is 0.5%. So now let's have some fun time. Ha, ha, ha. Get it? Fun time. But we're actually talking about funds, but not fun. All right. So now I did a different chart. This, I have a fund that you have, you charge 0.01%. That 0.01% matches what the SP 500 equity fund that I have at my job matches so 0.01%. Then we have a fund of 0.51%. So remember 0.51% was the average in the in the United States in 2016. So this is probably what some of you guys are looking at. So I want to do something average. Then we have the 1.5% because there's some as high as 1.5% and if you do a active management fund there's one here at 1.3%. So I just want to show again how how a high fund like that can work so this is how it goes there is an initial investment of ten thousand dollars we're going to be assuming ten percent which is the average stock market return and every year you deposit five thousand dollars into your 401k so i don't think five thousand dollars is unreasonable Um, let's say your company matches you um matches your returns i think five thousand is doable for for many americans so I, i did numbers that i felt can be done by by others so let's see how this is going to look in the fund which has point zero one percent the amount of money you will have in 30 years will be over one million and fifty thousand dollars so look you can see that right here one million fifty thousand dollars if you have a fund that charges 0.51% percent you're going to have uh, an account of nine hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars so that's almost a hundred thousand dollars less uh, by that And I actually didn't think. Obviously, a hundred thousand less is a lot more money. I thought it would be more impactful, though. But look at this: if you have a fund that's one point five percent, you have seven hundred and ninety thousand dollars. You have made three hundred thousand dollars less than someone else, and you're not even doing anything, right? Because these are just people actively doing it. So by just charging that, by paying that extra percent, you're just depositing the same amount of money as, let's say, this was me jose and this was billy and this was bob so jose deposited the same amount of money as bob and billy but he ended up making more money um by absolutely doing the same thing except just on a different fund so you can see expense ratios on your 401k um take work like they they they, you, you guys can just it's something real quick right i over here i just looked at the funds that my company does and i try to see um, I try to see what, what those numbers would add up to and how much I would be losing. From this point 0.01 to 0.05% I think would be pretty small so for someone um, for let's say I didn't know much about the stock market I would probably even pick one of these target funds where I'm just paying 5 times more than here but that 0.05 would probably be a few thousand dollars more because this is 0.5% and a target fund of 0.05% would be way cheaper. So let's talk about the target funds just so you guys understand how they work so here i have three target funds i have a target fund for 2020 so that's assuming i'm 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 retiring this year right now then i have a target fund of 20 of 2040 targeting 2040 so that means i'm retiring in 20 years from now and then i have a target fund of 2055 which is more like me where i'm retiring in about 35 years so now we'll take a look at the at the um at the allocation of of, of how how it works um there's plenty of rules on guides, but there's these two golden rules that people follow the first one is the amount of stock in your portfolio should be 120 percent minus your age so let's say me that i'm 20 it would be 120 less i'm 27 but let's just say i'm 30 all right let's say i'm 30 so if I'm 30, it would be 120 percent minus 30, would give me 90. So 90 percent of my account should be in stocks, 10 percent should be in bonds. Now let's go. If I was if I was 40, if I was 40, um, at uh, 40, it would be 120 minus 40, it would give me 80 percent in stocks, 20 um, percent in bonds. And let's say I was I was almost ready to retire. At 20, uh, I was 60 years old. It would be 60 uh, percent in stocks. And 40 percent in bonds and obviously this is just golden rules there's other golden rules you can google a line to see like what's a good a good type of portfolio management so right now you guys can see the difference between target target funds right if you're closer to retirement you're going to see your bond portfolio you're going to have more bonds in your portfolio opposed to stocks if you're worried further away from from retirement you're going to see a lot less percentage in bonds and a lot more percentage in in stocks um So let's take a look at the next slide. And this is how I would do it. So, this is pretty, not how I would. If I'm young, right? I'm young. I'm 27 years old. Time is on my favor. So, I don't need bonds, right? If you look at my 2055 retirement target fund, it says 10% bonds. But for me, I don't care about how volatile the market is right now, right? If the stock market crashes tomorrow for my 401k, that'll be okay, right? That just means i get to buy a lot more cheap uh uh, very uh, cheap shares right i would get i would be able to use i would be able to to get more undervalued stocks um so right i'm here i'm using 10 percent of my money to be less risky or or less volatile but that 10 percent can actually be working in stocks to be able to give me more returns because at the end of the term stocks return have a higher average returns than bonds but bonds usually are less volatile so volatile um, that means that bonds don't go up and high or low as as stocks but right so if stocks crash they'll crash pretty low but bonds would probably only go down a little bit right so that's what you end up paying off for for better returns you end up having a more volatile system with less return the system the your investments don't go up or or down as as stocks um so right but at the age of 27 i don't care what happens to the overall market in the long term run right obviously it would be horrible if people start losing jobs but in the aspect of your 401k um you have time on your favor so i would do 100 percent in stock market equity so like you guys saw my index fund right i'm I'm invested right now you can see the big check mark right here on the s&p 500 index which actually charges me the lowest gross expense ratio all right so like i said it depends on the age you are if you are younger than me then i think it would be it would be okay to be in 100 percent stock market equity if i was older if i was older than i am now it would depend the type of age so i personally don't think i'm gonna go into bonds until after early or mid 40s right after early or mid 40s i still have 10 to 15 years right so between now to mid 40s I'm going to be 100% in stock market equity. Um, when my mid to early 40s, that's when I would start beginning to move my paychecks to deposits, to bonds. So, all right, if you if you, if you you look at your 401k, it asks you how much percentage of what do you want to go where? So right now, 100% of my paycheck um, on 401k goes to my, my S&P 500 index fund. But let's say when I hit my, my age of 45 or 40, I'm going to start putting less money in my s p 500 index fund and maybe do like a 50 50. the reason i'll do 50 50 right is because i've already built up a strong portfolio of funds of of the s p 500 now i want to start building up a a new a new fund of bonds so i might do 50 50 and every year from there i might put less in stock and more in in bonds in my paycheck so maybe once i hit 47 it'll be 45, 55, 45 in stock market, 55% in bonds. What's another thing I would do? Um, So let's say, what what about my equity in the S&P 500, right? So by that time, I would have hundreds and thousands of the S&P 500. So what I would start doing, if I have too much equity in the S&P 500, if the market is good, if the market is really strong, I would start selling out of my S&P 500, and move a little bit into bonds, a little bit each year, right? So a little bit, let's say, so eventually my portfolio will start building up to a little bit less stocks and a little bit more bonds. But remember, from the age of 27 to 45, I was 100% in stocks, right? So I was just making that money work for me. Now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start retiring soon. Let me start building my portfolio and changing it little by little. And the reason I'm starting at mid 40s is what if the market is bad? If the market is bad, I'm still able to wait it out for some time, right? Let's say if I waited for at the age of 57 and I still kept 100% stock market. What if, if at the age of 57, the stock market was bad? That means I have so I have lost so much value just because of a bad stock market and it doesn't give me any more time to help out. But at the age of 45, if the market is bad, I'll, i have enough time to wait up the market to be good And once the market is good again i'll start selling that index fund the s p 500 and again be um be remodeling my my portfolio for less stocks and more bonds so like either every month or every quarter i would sell a little bit of my s p 500 portfolio and increase my portfolio on bonds until by like the age of 50 55 i have a healthy portfolio management of bonds to to stocks and to be honest, at the moment, I, I, right, this is for me at the age of 50. So at the moment, I don't know what the perfect balance will be. I just know that I have from now to the age of 40 to know that I should just be invested 100% in stock market equity. So that gives me 13 years for me to figure out what I want my bond portfolio to stock portfolio to be. And that's something um, something that I, I personally know I can figure out by then um if i didn't know that what i would actually start doing is instead of putting it in bonds i would start putting all my money all my paychecks right if i if once i hit 40 i would start 100 i would clear 100 of my s&p 500 and put 100 percent onto my target fund because i know my target fund is investing into bonds as well depending on my age so now that's going to be increasing my bonds and just the same thing how i was doing here right um if the market is good, I start selling out of my S and P five hundred investments and start buying my target funds, and like that, eventually I will be building up. Um, I would be building up the perfect balance to in S and P five hundred to stock market to bonds ratio. So I hope you guys enjoy um, like this episode. Um, this actually, I think this was one of the main reasons I started investments. I picked up a book and they talk about four one k's and they talk about expense ratios so once i ended up learning about expenses ratios, expense ratios i'm like i should not be paying someone this much more money for me for billy i i don't want to be billy or bob i want to be jose that's me right? remember my my expense right from the one is jose then it's billy and bob i don't want to be billy and bob i want to be jose that keeps his full one million dollars in his 401k i don't want to be bob even though he only paid a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars less That's $100,000, that's that's half a mortgage right here in New Jersey, that's that's probably a mortgage in Florida, probably a mortgage in in Alabama or somewhere. Imagine now, Billy, he has $300,000, 300,000. That is ridiculous, so I did not wanna be those guys. I wanted to make sure that I wanted to keep all my money and that's what I learned. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We learned about expense ratios. We learned about target date funds. We learned the difference between target date funds, like what? why are they different, what the years mean. Um, and we learned how I would do it. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to post them in the comments. Let me know what you think. Now I have to think what I would do the next episode on. But if you guys have any suggestions, feel free. Take care, have a good night, and see you next time.